This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 333. The reality is, if you want to be able to make a living as a coach, have the impact that you want to have with your clients, you need to be able to invite clients into a working relationship with you and make the sale. This is where I hear many coaches hit an obstacle, feel tongue-tied, get overwhelmed, and that is exactly why I want to introduce you to the sales maven, Nikki Rausch. Nikki is going to talk us through five steps for an authentic and smooth sales conversation that is going to fit right into your wheelhouse. That's what we're going to dive into today. Join us. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you here. We have a great show today. I do want to start by wishing all of you a happy spring, happy Passover, happy Easter, whatever you might be celebrating this time of the year. I'm glad that you're celebrating here with us as well at the Star Coach Show. We have this important show today because in all the years that I have worked with coaches, and it's approaching 15 years now, one of the things that I hear consistently is, Meg, I get tongue-tied around the sale. I struggle with having a smooth conversation that is a discovery call to invite people into services with me. I get tongue-tied around giving the price, or I get tongue-tied about what that process is supposed to look like. And that's why I was so excited to meet Nikki Rausch. She is the sales maven. She knows this information, but not only does she know it, she knows how to teach it. And I was so excited about our conversation Because everything I asked her, she was able to just sink deeper and deeper into what it is that we do when we are successful in a conversation with a prospect. Now, I do want to apologize right off the bat. There was something wonky with my laptop when I was with Nikki, and I didn't know that in advance. So the sound is a little strange. We actually had to disconnect my podcast microphone and I just used a set of earphones. So it's, it feels a little tunnely and I apologize for that. But very truthfully, the information she gave was so good that I didn't want to redo the interview. I wanted to bring this forward to you and I figured you could put up with some little bit wonky noise on my side just to get the great information that Nikki was providing in this interview. So with that, I just encourage you to get out pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes in this 
and learn more about what Nikki has to offer. Nikki is the CEO of Sales Maven, and she has this unique ability to transform this misunderstood and often sort of scary process of selling. She has 25 plus years experience selling to prestigious organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and NASA. She shatters sales records and has received top producer awards along the way. And I don't think you're going to be surprised about that when you hear what she has to offer. It just makes sense. Today, Nikki works with entrepreneurs and small business owners, and she shows them, and she's going to show us, how to sell successfully and authentically. She is so engaging. She shares these secrets of sales so smoothly that, like I said, you're going to want pen and paper to gobble up this great information. She has written three books, all available on Amazon, and one is the very process that we're talking about today, The Selling Staircase. So we're going to break this down into five doable and, dare I even say, excitable. You're going to get excited about these steps once you consume them, and I think you'll be ready to have the kinds of enrollment conversations that are really going to make a difference in your business. So with that, let's go to my interview with Nikki Rausch. Nikki Rausch, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to get to spend this time with you. Who would not want to spend time with a sales maven? I mean, I have been so looking forward to the concepts that you bring forward. I know that what you share, coaches need to hear. And some of that has to do with, well, through your experience, you've kind of come up with a process or a a staircase that we Mm -hmm. all have to walk. And in our initial call, we thought maybe we'll zero in on a particular piece of that. But let's start with the reality that coaches love to coach people and often feel as though the selling part or the marketing part or the attraction part of their business is not as enjoyable to them as the actual service part of their business. But I believe, and I think through our conversation, that the skills we bring to coaching, we can actually make work for us in the sales conversation as well. We've got to be kind of open and engaging and all that good stuff. So what was it that kind of led you to create the selling staircase? Yeah. So the selling staircase is my signature framework for how I break down a sales conversation. And really how I got there was in a coaching like experience with one of my VIP clients. She had had a lot of different coaching experiences with sales coaches in the past and hadn't good experience, had never felt like she had kind of like found a system or something that would really work for her. And so when I was breaking down the selling process for her, she said to me, it's like a staircase. And I was like, yes, exactly. Don't you love the fireworks went off? Everything's like connected. 
And I think she called it, she said, I think she called it originally, her idea was, it's like the selling staircase to heaven. So I was like, okay, selling staircase, this framework works for her. And now I'm going to test it and see if it works for others. And what I found is that when I explain the selling staircase, people go like, oh, I get it. I totally get it. And it really allows for especially the people who aren't really that comfortable with the selling process, or it's not the part that they really enjoy about the business, that once they understand what step they're on in a sales conversation, it's not, it takes the pressure off because they're like, they're not trying to get to the close. They're not trying to like push it so hard that it feels awkward and weird. They're like, oh, I know what step I'm on and I know what to say or do next to move to the next step. So I'm not pushing the client. The client feels at ease in the conversation. And now selling gets easier. The person who understands the selling staircase gets more confident. And it really does allow for each individual coach to apply their own skill set. It allows for their own natural, genuine talents and kindness and personality traits to come through. So I always say like, I'm not out here teaching people how to sell like me. I'm just teaching them a process that they can apply to their business, a structure that they go, okay, I can do this. Love that. And I love the framework. I think often when we have a framework and we understand each, the objectives within each of the steps of the framework, it's like, oh, I can settle into that because I'm not lost out in Mm -hmm. this see of I'm just supposed to be making a sale. And so then I don't feel genuine and I just Mm -hmm. get icky. And then the client feels icky because who wants to be in a space with somebody who is all anxious and uptight? I mean, that's not the kind of energy we want to be sharing. Yeah. You know, one of the indicators that it's a good time for you to dig in and really learn some selling skills is if you feel like your personality or the way you, you talk to people changes whether you're in sales, like in a sales conversation, or if you're in a coaching conversation, if you're not congruent, then chances are there's some skill set there that needs to happen. Because how you show up in your coaching practice should be how you show up in your sales conversations. And it can work. And so if you go, well, I'm doing that, but it's not working. There, it's just That's all just information for you to go, okay, so if what I'm doing is not working, then it's time to do something else. And the, the something else and the things that I teach, usually my clients and I often describe things as, I just give you tiny little tweaks. It's just teeny tiny little adjustments to what you're doing. So it's not some crazy like, oh my gosh, I've got to remember all this stuff or, right. oh my gosh, I've got to totally change how I talk or how I show up. It's like, nope, it's just a tiny little adjustment. And then it becomes who you are in the conversation. It's authentic, it's genuine, and it feels really good, not just to you, frankly, but to your ideal client. So good. And the reality is, you know, the overhaul that many of you might be of like, oh, I can't do it. I can't just think about that. It's bringing who you are and Nikki's going to help tweak us. So we are just going to get fine-tuned. Yes, fine-tuned. So when we think about your stairway to heaven, the music's playing in my brain, <laughs> in your uh, your selling staircase, where do we begin on the selling staircase just to kind of get a view of what that looks like? Yeah. So, okay. So there are five steps 
to the sales conversation. And the reason I teach it as a staircase, by the way, is because most people understand that when you're at the bottom of a staircase, you go from one step to the next and then to the next. Okay. So it's this progression. And so a sales conversation is the same. So step one is introduction. Introduction, the idea behind this is to to ensure that you're showing up authentically as you and that you're making a powerful first impression to attract your ideal clients. So that that can happen online, that can happen on your website. It can also happen when you show up in meetings or in live conversations with people. So are you doing things to make a positive first impression? That's step one. Once that happens, then you move to step two in the selling staircase, which is creating curiosity. This is the most missed step in the sales conversation. I find that a lot of times when I ask people, do you know how to create curiosity about your business, about what you offer? They look at me like, what now? What do you mean? What do you mean create curiosity? And yet, if you don't know how to create curiosity about what it is that you do, oftentimes you won't get to that next step. You won't even get an opportunity to talk to a prospective client because they don't know what you know. You have to pique their interest in some way that allows them to go, oh, what does that mean? Or, oh, tell me more about that. Or, gosh, I wonder if that's something that I could benefit in my life or in my business in some way. So creating curiosity is really, really important. And when you create curiosity, what happens still within that step is oftentimes people start to give you what's known as buying signals. Buying signals are verbal and nonverbal cues that people give that indicate interest. And when you get a buying signal, it's like, um, I always hear like a bell in my head. Mm -hmm. It sounds like this. When I get a buying signal, I hear ding, ding, ding. So that is your indicator that it's time to invite people to the next step. And then step three in the process is uh, discovery. And I think that's where we'll maybe go a little deeper today Mm because I find that that's the one that most coaches are like, oh, that one's the most awkward or uncomfortable for me. So there's ways to refine it and make it easier. So step three, discovery. And once you do a well-done discovery, it's easy then to move to step four in the process, which is proposal. Now that sounds a little formal. And for some coaches, it may be. But for others of us, it might just be something as simple as laying out the ways to work together. And then step five goes very closely with step four. And step five, by the way, is the second most missed step in the selling staircase. And that is the close. So it's this progression. And I find that most people, uh, when they say to me, gosh, Nikki, you know, I'm having a lot of really good conversations with ideal clients. They seem really interested. And then nothing happens. They're not closing. They're just kind of hanging out there. I just had this conversation recently with somebody. And she's like, I have $100,000 in prospective business just hanging out And for some reason, it's not going anywhere. And that is a number one sign to me that she thinks she's closing, but she's actually not. There's some step that she's missing here that is so crucial to the process that once she hones that, she's going to start closing that business and she'll close it quick because they'll be ready. So those are the five steps broken down in the most simplistic explanation. That's awesome. Now, I know we're going to zone in on discovery and maybe even putting a little bit of those buying signals into that. 
And yet I know that everybody's hanging on their seats right now. $100,000 worth of potential business, and she's just missing a couple things. What do you suspect might be just one or two things that are missing from the close conversation with her? Well, she's actually not closing. So right. that's... Oh, so actual, she's not even doing the... Maybe she's stopping she's missing the step. Yep. She's, yeah. she's getting to the place where she puts the proposal together. Now in her business, it does require a formal proposal. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, oh, I'm doing this too, don't beat yourself up. It's just learning like to do it a little different. Right. So here's a couple things. If you're going to put a proposal together and send it over for somebody, you need to have a circle back call scheduled to review the proposal. Do not say to somebody, I'll send you that proposal, look it over, and then let me know. That's not closing. Closing is saying, I'll put this proposal together for you. Let's schedule a time to review it now. That way I can answer any additional questions that come to mind. And then we'll decide at that point about next steps. Then you get on that circle back call and you say, have you had a chance to look at the proposal? What questions have come to mind for you? Are you ready to move forward? That's closed language, by the way, what I just said. Are you ready to move forward? Now, there's a lot of ways you can say it, but if you don't actually get the words out of your mouth, if you don't ever get the opportunity to issue a closed statement, or in this case, really, it's a question, you're not closing. And if you're not closing, here's the truth of the matter, is that as adults, we have what's known as decision fatigue. We're overwhelmed with decisions. All day long, we get it. I don't know. Have you heard the stats before, Meg, about about how many decisions on average an adult makes? I have. I don't have it like right here, but I know it's amazing. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So if you think about it, so for your listener, think it. Get a number in your mind right now. Think about how many decisions on average do you think you make a day? Like, get that number in your head, and then now I'm going to tell you that the average adult makes between thirty five thousand and 60,000 decisions a day. A day. Oh my goodness. So if you're not putting a decision right in front of somebody in the most simplistic way, their brain is tired. Yeah. And if you say, let me know, you're essentially saying to them, hey, put this decision on the bottom of your to-do list, which again, 35,000 things ahead of it. Do you really want to be... 35,001? No, absolutely not. Because chances of you ever getting to the top of somebody's to-do list to make that decision slim to none, right? So we have to put the decision in front of them. So to make a simple way for for somebody who doesn't necessarily need to send out a proposal. So if you and I were having a conversation, we've gotten through, we've identified that, you know, I have a possible solution that would meet a need that you have. And so I lay out an offer for you. In that moment, I'm going to say to you, Meg, is that something you'd like to move forward with? And then I zip it and I wait and I let you think about it, process it and decide, yes, Nikki, I'd like to move forward. Or maybe you'll have a question or maybe you'll have an objection or maybe you'll even say no, but I got to get that decision in front of you so that you can decide. I don't want to put it on your to-do list to make the decision. I want to allow you to make it in the moment when you're ready. Love that. So thank you for kind of zoning in a little bit on that close. I just thought, oh, I could just see a collective holding of the breath. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, 
and you didn't even explore that a little bit. So in order to get to that close, we really want to have a successful discovery session. And I think that that ties people in knots a little bit. Like, what does that look like? And And so I think in listening to your staircase, one of the things is using curiosity. Curiosity is such a a core element of that we're in a place of curiosity with our clients. I love the idea of, so how do we create curiosity for others to ask more about our business or to be intrigued about what it is that we're doing? So yeah. we to, to kind of, rem- we start that with introductions and I sort of the word that came to me around that was building relationships too. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's- Yeah, like, rapport. You know, I, that's how yeah. I do it is I think Everything I teach is built on the foundation of rapport. So in that introduction piece, it's how can you go out of your way to build rapport with somebody? Now, again, sometimes this step is happening virtually. It's happening through your website. It's happening by something you're posting on social media, something somebody is saying about you, something they're reading about you. And then when you're actually wanting to pique that curiosity, so I'm going to break down for you kind of the what I mean by it. And then I'm going to give you a really, really simple step just to get started in practicing. And I will say creating curiosity, it does require like, it's like building a muscle. It's something you have to practice. And once you start practicing, you'll get really good at it. And as you get really good at it, what you'll find is more and more and more ideal clients are coming wanting to have conversation with you. Okay. So The way that I describe creating curiosity is, I don't even know if we talked about this before, Meg, so you might think you just agreed to have a crazy person on your your podcast. I love it. Go for it. Okay. So stick with me here for just a second. But the way I describe curiosity is it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. So if we've got any dog lovers listening right now, a lot of times, you know, if you're a dog lover. Okay. So if you want to call a dog, a lot of times you'll change your voice you'll change your attitude and you'll do this thing where you'll be like, come here, boy, come here, right? And dogs love that energy. They're like, oh my gosh, something fun. And they're so in, they don't even know what it is, but they're so in. And unfortunately, when we are kind of in that place of like really excited about our business or really excited to share about a new offer that we have or really excited to talk to somebody who would be an ideal client, we show up with what I call dog calling energy. And unfortunately, people don't respond to dog calling energy. They find it a little like, oh, I'm going to push away a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to pull back from you because it's coming on a little too strong. And we've all been on the receiving end of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody coming up to us being like, oh my gosh, Nikki, I looked at your website. You totally need to hire me. And here's all the ways that I can help you. And I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? And so that's a little off-putting. And by the way, if your natural go-to is you're like, but Nikki, I'm a natural like dog calling energy person, you're perfect. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you. I'm saying learning how to add some flexibility to your behavior will allow for you to move your business forward in this instance, okay? So back to the dog and the cat. So cat calling energy. If you think about if you want to call a cat, you cannot call a cat the same way you call a dog, right? You usually, when you call a cat, you'll go, you're kitty, kitty, you're kitty, kitty, right? Cats don't even always respond to that. Sometimes right, they just right. give you a Cats look, are like, pretty selective about when they choose to participate. Yes. That's right. And people are as well. Mm-hmm. So you want to think about, can you create what I call here, kitty, kitty statements that allow somebody to go, what? 
Tell me more about that. What does that mean? So you the simplest sort of way to get you started. Voice. It kind of reminded yes. me of that commercial from years ago. If you want to capture someone's attention, whisper. I mean, is that I, it was some kind of like bath oil or something. I don't know what it was, but that concept of just dropping the energy, you know, sort of inviting versus like in your face kind of thing. Yeah, it is. You totally nailed that. It's changing your demeanor in a little bit. So it's, um, and it's not just your voice. It's like, how do you respond to questions? So this is, again, there's lots of ways to create curiosity. I teach a whole course on it. There's, you know, it's, it's one of the main focuses for my group coaching program. We talk about creating curiosity all the time. So when you think about how do you answer the question right now, this is a really simple question. You all already probably have an answer to it. But if somebody asked you right now, like, hey, Meg, how are you? Or how have you been? Maybe you have a standard response. But if you want, this is an opportune time for you to play with this idea of creating curiosity. What could you say that would allow somebody to go like, what is that? Or, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm good. How are you? That doesn't create any curiosity. Or instead of saying like, oh, fine. Or, oh, I'm living the dream. Or whatever your response is, does it allow the other person to go, what is that? Oh, tell me more about that. So the way that you might do it is think about something that's going on in your business or something you might want to talk about right now. So for me, like if somebody asked me right now, Nikki, what, you know, what have you been? I might say, oh, I'm great. I'm just wrapping up the last opportunity for people to sign up for my latest masterclass. Now notice I didn't word vomit. I didn't dog call energy. I didn't say like, here's my masterclass. Here's what it's about. Here's who should sign up. You should probably sign up. No, I just say, oh, I'm really great. I'm just wrapping up registration for my latest masterclass. That allows somebody to go, they could maybe ask a question. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it didn't work and that's okay. But maybe they'll say, what's your masterclass about? Mm -hmm. Oh, what does that mean, Nikki? Oh, when are you teaching that? Oh, how does that? Any follow-up question, now it's giving me permission to talk a little bit about my masterclass or and it could be anything, right? It could be, you could talk about your new group coaching program. You could say, you know, sometimes I say things like, oh, my podcast just reached a whole new, you know, country as far as listenership, which is pretty exciting. It's always exciting when that happens. Right. Yeah. And so then somebody's like, well, what does that mean? Or how many countries yeah. are listening to your podcast? Or you have a podcast, Nikki, right? Like any of these things plants that seed and allows for somebody to go, oh, what is that? And now we're in conversation. Now, what you say following up from that is going to also matter, but at least it opens that door for you to talk about something that is related to your business. I mean, I can't tell you how many times clients will tell me, you know, I've been networking, I go to these networking meetings, and at the end of the network meeting, I realized nobody asked me any questions. I didn't even talk about my business. Well, if you want to change that, and if you want to actually work with some of those people who are in the room, you have to take ownership from that. You have to be the one to create a little curiosity. And then you'll find that not only are you talking more about your business, but you're actually signing up clients. We'll be back to the interview right after this. If you have been a Star Coach listener for any time at all, you know that I am absolutely passionate 
about helping coaches thrive in their businesses so that they can make a great living while doing the kind of work they love. And it's super hard to do that when you're isolated and trying to figure everything out on your own. Now we have these great resources like Nikki sharing this information with us this week. And sometimes we need more. We need a direct place to get our questions answered, to be able to connect with others and break through the spin that can happen when we're isolated and alone. So I want to introduce you to Gary McNeil. He is an HR executive and a member of the Star Coach community. He's going to share with you what he finds valuable about being a member of the community. If you'd like to explore more, go to starcoachshow.com and explore the community. What I love about being a member in the Star Coach community is the people. I can talk about the tools and the practices, the resources that Meg brings to us on a regular basis and we always have access to in the website. And yet I think it's the people and the interplay of all the various professions and the industries that we come from, the life experiences, and we're able to share these things in a safe environment multiple times on a monthly basis. And it's just a, a great way to enhance both our business skills as well as our coaching capabilities. It's a great value. Thanks so much to Gary and to all the members of the community that make the Star Coach community such a rich experience for everyone. Once again, if you'd like to explore the community, go to starcoachshow.com and explore the community. Now let's get back to the interview. Love that. Oh, thank you for now. We promised the discovery. So we now we've yeah. calculated some curiosity. We've gotten some and we haven't just purged all over them when they ask a question. We're still using sort of that cat calling energy. That's right. Love that differentiator. So what would you most like us to know about the discovery aspect of the third step? Yeah. What I most want you to know. And this might be a little, again, controversial, might be a little uncomfortable for some of the coaches out there, but I think you and I had a conversation about this. I think we're on the same page. The number one thing I want you to know is do not coach during that call. Do not coach. That's not the purpose of a discovery call. And the example I often give is that, you know, you're an expert at what it is that you do. You show up with years of experience. You've probably spent thousands and thousands of dollars on training. You've spent years honing your craft and you are a wealth of knowledge. And I always think about, if you think of all the resources that you bring to your coaching practice, it's like having a beach, a big, beautiful beach behind you. Those are all your resources. And every little resource makes up one grain of sand. And it is a lush, beautiful, you know, beach behind you of all these resources. And you get into a discovery call with somebody and you think, I'm just going to give them one grain of sand because it's so easy because I've got this big, beautiful beach behind me, but you give them that grain of sand. They don't know about the beach. They don't see the beach. They don't have the experience of what you know. So they think you just gave them the beach in a grain of sand. And they think then, well, why should I hire you? 
I already got I just it. Got, you, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gave me what I need. But you know that those that one grain of sand has to go with all these other grains of sand mm-hmm. in order for them to really achieve their outcome. So they've got to hire you to get that. So this is why I say no coaching during the discovery call. The objective of the discovery call 100% is to understand what's going on for this person. What's their struggle? What's their want? What's their desire? And then by asking really smart questions, you plant seeds that allow for them to start to self-identify, oh my gosh, I'm talking to a coach who's going to be able to solve this problem for me without coaching. You do it by asking really smart questions. And then once you've asked your questions, then you get to talk about ways to work together. That's when we then move to step four. So that was a long answer to your No, that was a perfect answer. So starting with, because Just like there are many grains of sand on the beach, there are many perspectives from different people about how you do a discovery call. And I guarantee you there will be people in this audience that have heard, give them a sample of your coaching. And so I think you gave a great perspective of how that could maybe not be a good solution, that there's another way to do that. So you use the element of your coaching and asking questions and and being curious and pulling out, but you're not moving into any kind of solution or any kind of, you're using your questions to learn and to get the person to hear what's not working for them, where their pain points are. Then what might some natural transitions sound like once you And first of all, let's all be in integrity, right? If the person is sharing things that you really believe that you have, you can work with them towards solution in, then definitely move into the next piece that we're going to talk about. If in fact, this discovery session says to you, this isn't the ideal client for me, or this isn't what the pain points this person is experiencing are not things either that I'm comfortable, qualified, want to deal Mm -hmm. with, then there are many, many other people in the world that you could conceivably connect. I don't know how often a discovery call, because I get people to reach out to me all the time since I'm, you know, I have the podcast and I teach in two schools. And so I am often getting people who want to talk to me about coaching that want something that is not in my wheelhouse. So what do I do? I listen to what they need and I connect them with somebody else. I happen to love being a connector. So that's natural for me. However, I just want people to hear that a discovery session is sort of you deciding also, is this person somebody that what their pain points are or something that you work well with? And then, and if that's the case, so we're hearing the pain points, we're hearing what they want. What might be a segue? Because I will tell you, this is the place that I hear from coaches that I get tongue tied and I don't, I'm able to kind of learn about what's going on with them. But then when I move into a place of proposal, I go, (laughs) so what? We don't want them to just freeze up. We want them to engage. So how do you teach your clients to step into that space? Yeah. Okay. I want I do want to comment too on this idea of like, it is absolutely this place where you're helping to identify, is this the right client for me? As well as helping them self-identify, this is the right coach for me. 
And when it turns out that it's not a good fit one way or the other, I look at those opportunities, I call them bless and release. Like I'm so happy to have had a conversation with the person and I want to wish them well. Sometimes I might have a resource for them or another connection point. Sometimes I won't, but that's okay. It's absolutely okay to bless and release people, to, to just say to them, you know, I get a sense that what you're looking for is not something that I'm going to be the best, you know, coach for you on. So I'm going to respectfully decline moving forward. And I just want you to know how nice it was that we got to meet. And I just so appreciate you as a person and I wish you well. That's a nice, like, that's a beautiful release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in the great, you know, opportunities where you're like, oh, this is a great client. This, I've got something here for them. To move them from uh, discovery to proposal, I think it's really important. And this is why most people feel awkward is because they miss this little piece is ask permission to move to the next step. So the way that you would frame that is I might say, if you and I were in conversation, I might say, Meg, you know, based on what you shared, I have some ideas of some ways that we might work together. Would you be interested in hearing about those? And this is the other thing I want people to be thinking about. They are in a discovery call with you. They signed up for a discovery call from you because you created curiosity and they want to know about what you do. So inviting them into the this concept of how could we work together that was already on their mind when they scheduled that call with you this isn't going to be coming out of the blue i just want to you know so it's like you're actually engaging in what they were asking for when they set the discovery call when you say would you would you like to explore what that would look like yes and by saying that and allowing for them to say yes now we've switched modes. We've helped their brain transition that we're no longer in this, this Q&A kind of back and forth. We're now talking about ways to work together. So, and I'm just going to back up for just one second. One of the mistakes that can also happen is you ask a really smart question. The person gives you an answer and you start giving them a solution. And then they, you ask another question, they give you an answer, and now you change your solution based on that answer. And, and that can go on and on. So a couple things are happening in that moment. One is you're mudding the waters. I always say like, imagine giving somebody like they're really thirsty and you give them their ideal drink at the ideal temperature. And just as they go to take that first sip of it, you throw a clump of dirt in there. And now they're like, oh, that doesn't seem very like, I don't know that I want to drink this now, right? So you don't want to like ask questions, sell, ask questions, sell. You want to keep your discovery really, really clean. So by asking that permission question, it's a transition. It's like now we're moving to this place where I am going to lay out offers. So this is the sales part of the conversation. Now their brain is set up for it. Now they're interested in hearing and they've given you the yes, right? So if you get to a discovery in a discovery process and you say to somebody, you know, I, based on what you've shared, I have some ideas of ways we might work together. Would you be interested to hear more about those? And they go, no, I, I think I'm good. Then great, bless and release. Like don't waste time and effort and energy because the one thing about sales, and this might be different than how people have heard about sales before, but your job is not to convince anybody to hire you. That's not your job. Your job is to understand, do they have a problem or a need? Do you have a solution 
that will meet that problem and need? And do you have permission to put that solution in front of them so that they can decide to hire you or not? That's it. That's all sales really is. And so when you start to approach it that way, it gets easier, takes the pressure off. So then they're going to say yes, right? Like who's going to say no to that question? Very few people. So now you get to stand in your place of credibility and authority, and then you recommend what the right solution for them is. And I always say, recommend the right solution for them, not what you think they can afford. There's oh, a difference. love that. Okay? Get your head out of their wallet. Get your head. Your, I always say, you don't get to sell from anybody else's wallet. You be the expert. You stand in your credibility. You be congruent. You recommend as the expert what the solution is. Now, if they say they can't afford it or they have some kind of objection, there's lots of things to do next. First and foremost, be the expert. They're talking to you for a reason. There's something about you that they're interested to know, can you solve this problem or meet this need? If you act hesitant, if you act like, well, you could maybe, it's like, who's going to hire that person? Right. right. You've got to be the expert. You have to say to them, this is the solution I recommend. And here's why. And the why has to be based on the things they've shared Mm -hmm. in the discovery that is important to them. Now, you're speaking their language. Now you're in tune. You've shown, I listen and I will be the coach that will make recommendations, that will guide you, that will assist you when you need me. So good. You know, Nikki, I want to respect your time because I know that, you know, and and everybody's that we are going to walk up your staircase and spend time at each level. Such incredibly good information. What if anything has been sort of left on the stairs that we want to pick up and dust off before we let people know about how how they could connect with you? I think, and we kind of talked about this, but your job, once you've laid out your proposal again, is to make sure you issue closed language. None of this like, hey, let me know. None of this, like you've got to have next steps. So in a sales conversation, even if the discovery and the proposal happen in two different calls or two different conversations. Your job is always to know what step am I on and what do I need to do to set up the next step and get it on their calendar and my calendar so that we're actually like moving forward in the process. Because if you're not moving forward in the process, if you're wondering why people are just kind of hanging out or why people are ghosting you, chances are you're not being the guide and your job is to guide. You're the expert. Love that. So let's actually take that. So we talked about, we're having a conversation. We have the plan. We're getting our head out of their wallet. We're saying, I'm the expert. This is what I'm recommending for you to create the kinds of solutions you want in your life. Can you give an example of one, I've laid out the proposal. What might closing language sound like to follow that up? Yeah. So if uh, you and I are having a conversation and let's say that you're an ideal client, for instance, for the Sales Maven Society, that's my group coaching program. So I might say, you know, based on what we've chatted about, you're an ideal client for the Sales Maven Society. And here's why. And I'm going to reference the things that you said. Then I'm going to say, is that something you'd like to get started and sign up for today? Then I zip it and I wait and I let you say yes, no, whatever. And if you say yes in that moment, 
The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through getting signed up right now while we're on the call. I'm not going to say, well, here's the link, go do it at your own time, because that's also just putting it back on your to-do list. What are the chances I'm going to make it to the top? Now, if you say to me, I've got to go, I have another appointment, Nikki, then, you know, then yes, I'm going to give you the link and let you take it from there. But if you say, yes, I'm ready to sign up, I'm going to say, great, I'm going to pop this link in the chat, go ahead and click on it. I'll walk you through kind of getting you signed up. And if you have questions, I'm here for you and I'll stay on the call with you and I'll just walk you through it. And then you sign up and now I know you're in and now coaching starts to happen, right? Now you're in the program, you're a paying client, you're going to start getting access to my beat full of resources. Oh, that was a beautiful way to wrap. Thank you so much for that. So Nikki, you have all these great things you do with people to help them thrive and uh, bring their impact into the world. How can people learn more about you? And we will definitely have these links for Nikki in the show notes. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to wrap it around a gift for your audience, if that's okay. That would be beautiful. I have a mini training that actually does a little deeper dive into all five steps. So you can go get that right now. This is my gift to your audience. It's called Mastering the Sales Conversation. You can get it by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash star. So this is for your audience. So go grab that right now. And then the other way is if you want to dip your toe in the water and learn a little bit more, you can also check out the podcast, which is just the Sales Maven podcast. Sales Maven. It's not just the Sales Maven podcast. It is the Sales Maven podcast. Check it out. Nikki, it was such a delight to spend time with you. You have a wealth of knowledge that we all need and just you make it so doable. And that's what we all, it's like, this is doable. And and people need your services out there. So listen to what Nikki's recommending so that people engage with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. I am so grateful to Nikki for all that she brought to this interview and that she shared. Be sure to check out her podcast, The Sales Maven Podcast. And for her free gift and links to connect with her, go to starcoachshow.com slash 333, starcoachshow.com slash 333, and get those links. Be sure to grab her free gift. My conversation with Nikki does continue in the Star Coach member community. So there's also a link in the show notes if you would like to explore the community. Next week, I am happy to introduce you to Professor Robert Sullivan. We're going to be talking about what lights up Generation Z. And if you're coaching with Generation Z, that generation... What do you want to be thinking about? What do you need to understand about them? And just all the gifts that they bring forward. So that's next week. And until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to seeing you next.